Come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon beanie, everybody. And thank you for joining us in another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And today is episode 116. We don't always say the I number. I thought it was 15. No, it's 16. 16, okay. 116. It's a if lot of episodes. If you say so. I say so. I'm confident in that number, which is unusual. but Because normally you've got it wrong. I often get it wrong. Not usually. I think if you look at 116 episodes, you'll find that I made a mistake less than 10 times. Okay. That's pretty good odds, I think. Speaking so. of, for anybody who, well, I guess for people that are like watching us right now or watching us before the podcast itself comes out and you only listen or something, we did last week's episode on Monday and um, I put it up on Podbean right before we went on <laughs> now. So just a it's little late. behind. But it is up and available for those of you that at this point have probably now listened to it because this is the episode after. So mostly what I'm saying only really matters for people that are watching us right now. And those of you that are watching us right now probably also watched us last Monday. So. Well, if you if you're if you listened <laughs> last week and you were like, why was it late? Now you finally know. So there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we it's our bad. So. Anyway, um, right. Last week we were going to talk about Coco K, but we ended up spending the whole time talking about the cruise itself instead of our uh, time in Coco K, which was our only port stop mm -hmm. on the cruise, which was fine because we enjoyed the ship. So we had a lot to do on the ship. And um, yeah, went to Coco K. And, and I don't know, anything else we want to talk about before well, we get into Coco Key? I think we need Coco to talk about the oh, group cruise. The group cruise. Eventually, I'm going to promote it enough that people are going to book. Here's a scary thing. After our cruise in a couple of weeks, currently, that's the next cruise we have booked. Yeah. Not until there, 2023. There now are we, others we that are we are going to go on one in October of 2022. Um, but it's not booked. Not yet, but it will so, be. So, that, so it's... So, yeah. Our group cruise is on the Carnival Pride, leaving out of Tampa, March 12th, 2023, going to Grand Cayman, Mahogany Bay, Roatan, Belize, and Cozumel. That's right. Yes. Join us. It's going to be awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Come with us. Fantastictravel at gmail.com. Come Send with me an me. email. Sorry. We'll go on a fantastic cruise. <laughs> and, and you know, before we started, Todd was saying he just got back from a cruise. Um, he was on Mardi Gras and MSC Davina went to Cozumel, Costa Maya, Roatan, Nassau and Ocean K. And he says he snorkeled in Ocean K. We're going to have to we're going to have to catch up with him on that one, because nice. that is something that 
I've been asked about. I've never been to Ocean K. I've tried to do some research on it. Haven't had a lot of success, but um, but yeah. I, I, so I'm very I'm very interested in finding out what kind of experience Todd had at Ocean K under the water, under the sea. I, I don't know. I'm just feeling musical tonight. Apparently, you've <clears throat> been singing since. You weren't musical earlier. You were just like sitting on I the was, couch. I you was were like, sleeping. I fell asleep. I'm woken up. Obviously. I have awoken from my nap. From and now I must sing. Don't worry. I won't really sing that much. But uh, <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm just laughing at you. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, so before we get into Coco K, actually, I do want to talk about something. Okay. Because our upcoming cruise on the Scarlet Lady in, is going to Bimini mm -hmm. and uh, also Costa Maya. But Bimini is what I want to talk about because I've been doing a lot of Bimini research this week. Oh. Because I because I've never been to Bimini. And and so I'm very curious about it. So uh, with the help of, of Brian, um, our friend Brian, I was able to figure out exactly where the Virgin resort the beach club bimini beach club is at because it's not labeled on the maps that i found at least in the i i found an updated picture of it in the the apple maps the google maps it was just like construction at least on the version i have so apple maps had a more updated thing but it wasn't labeled bimini beach club so i, I wasn't able to really see it if you just search for it, it you don't really get the right thing but we are we are going to be scuba diving in Bimini, which is a good thing to do. If look, if you like snorkeling and scuba diving, Bimini is a good place for those activities. Um, and so, I've, I've been doing some research trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the deal because we're there all day long into the evening. Like we go, we're there till like eleven p.m. or something, right? Ten p.m. Ten p.m. So that gives us a lot of time. We're going to dive earlier, and then we have the whole like afternoon and evening to to try and figure out what else to do so um i i'm real curious to see how the the snorkeling from shore is but i'm very hopeful for that but then there's also there's like two basically there's from what i can tell there's like two dive shops on bimini the main bimini island and um one of them is the one that carnival uses to book its scuba diving, the uh, reef shark snorkel that's very popular right now, a lot of people doing that, as well as some other underwater stuff. Now, they offer a hammerhead shark dive, but they don't offer it for the cruise lines right now. It starts like, I guess, next month or something like that. Yeah, so December. We, I was like, oh, uh, sign me up, hammerhead shark dive, heck yes. Well, I, I went to the actual website of this dive shop and they looks like they are doing them right now. They, it starts in November, according to their dive shop, and goes through April. But um, it's expensive. It's pricey. But yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff. There's some wrecks. There's the reef sharks. Um, this dive shop offers a lot of cool things. Now, uh, from what I could tell, the prices are pretty comparable, I think. From what we're getting from the cruise line is if we just booked our on our own uh, we actually were curious though if you're a diver um, you know that when you charter a dive that they sometimes they will provide 
weights and tanks only. And other times they will provide all the gear. Other times you have to rent like your, your BC D and your mask, fin snorkel, all that sort of thing. It just depends. Usually they'll tell you. So it didn't say anything about that. in the, on the Virgin site, it just said the dive, right? It, it was like, bring your sunscreen, reef safe sunscreen and stuff, but it didn't, it didn't say anything. So we called them because we just, we didn't want to find out that, you know, oh, on top of this fee, you also have to pay for rental because on their website, on the dive shops website, all their dives include tanks and weights only. So you have to rent all your gear. But the cost is also less than what we pay. It is, but they all, and they, but they also don't include, uh, they didn't include the tax on the website. There's like a, there's like right, a tax a or something. Tax yeah. Fee. So, so it would be pretty close. Like the normal rental fee for a full setup is probably 25 to $50. So that would make it more expensive right. than the cruise one. If, if that were the case. So we called Virgin and we got somebody to, they called us back and they had no idea. They have no idea about scuba diving. They were like, well, of course, honey, they were so friendly. She was, she was she lovely. Was, she was like, like, just like over the top screeding friendliness. It was almost too much. She was like, of course, you don't think they're going to, she had a little bit of a Southern draw. You don't think they're going to ha have you bring your own, where would you keep it in your cabin? <laughs> it's kind of how she sounded. No lady, that's not what we think. We think they're going to get, we're going to get there and they're going to be like, oh, by the way, if you didn't bring your own gear, we're going to charge you an extra $35. And if that's the case, we'll bring our own gear. If not, then we probably won't. We'll just use your gear. We'll just bring our mask, fins and snorkel like we normally would on a cruise. So um, she looked it up and assured us that that was not necessary, which is probably true. That is most likely the case, but you know, we wanted to just get a little confirmation, which we didn't really get, <laughs> but, <laughs> but she was very nice, but it was an interesting conversation regardless. So uh, no, Sean Bimini is not the thing that covers the passengers on a boat. I thought he was going to make a bikini reference. Bimini covers the pen. I don't know. I don't. Then I don't. I, know. Don't, I don't. I don't know. know what that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that. Maybe that. Maybe it's an Australian thing. Maybe it's an Australian thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So anyway, lots of cool underwater stuff. It seems on Bimini. So I'm pretty excited about it. And and we decided we thought about like trying to just do the hammerhead shark dive this time and just going straight to the dive shop, but. We found that they have these really cool deals where you can take a ferry from Fort Lauderdale to Bimini and stay for four nights. And it, and it includes like seven or so dives, your hotel stay and your ferry stay. And the dives are hammerhead shark dive, reef shark dive, uh, the wrecks, turtle rock, all these stingrays. cool stingrays. Um, so it includes all of that. And it's it's not cheap. It's like thirteen hundred. No, but for, per person, for what but you're getting, yeah. The the ferry ride itself is like three hundred bucks per person. The hammerhead yeah. shark dive is three hundred dollars per person. So that's six hundred dollars right there. Yeah. So for another seven hundred dollars, you're getting the rest of those a bunch dives. more dives. Plus, you're getting uh, room and board. Yeah. For four nights. So you know, it's not the it's not maybe well. I mean, if honestly, if you if you added in the cost of of dives that they're charging like 150 is what we're paying to do mm -hmm. two tank dive um it might end up 
Well, I mean, just still being think, cheaper than a cruise. Think if you were going to dive that much, a hundred to two hundred a night for a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I was comparing it to a cruise though, like a four. Uh -oh. Like that's expensive for a four night cruise. Well, yeah, but you've got to factor in the dives. Like if you factor in, you know, six dives or se seven, eight dives, whatever it is, seven dives I think is what we determine. So let's say six dives. That's two, four, six. That's three hundred, four hundred fifty dollars there. So, I don't know. It sounds pretty cool. We're going to look into doing that. It only goes through April, though, because I guess that's when the Hammerheads are in town. And then they go off to their, you know, their other places and stuff. Oh, apparently a Bimini is also a canvas boat cover. Okay. Good to know. I wonder if Bimini was named after that or if that was named after the island of Bimini. Which know. came first, the boat cover or the island name? I don't know. I know. I know when we had baby stingrays once, we do, named do, do, one do, do, Bimini. We weren't naming them after all the different all the islands. Caribbean islands. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And then it went to somewhere. I don't know where it went. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It went to another AZA facility. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So. Um. I feel like there was something else I was going to say about that. We're doing a dive. We're doing. We are doing the two tank dive. Um. One's a wreck. I think. And I don't know. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The hammerhead shark dive, just because this is cool, right? The way it works, and this is why I I, I think we shouldn't do it this time. Um, the way it works is is you get there, like, I think at like 11 or something, 10 or 11 in the morning, and then they take you out and they- It starts at it's 8. Oh, is it 8 in the morning? Is that yeah. what it said? Okay, so this is an all day I think that's what it said. Experience. Maybe that was one of the other dives. I, I thought I was it was 11. because It I, might be. But anyway- um, basically they bait the water so that the big hammerheads come in and they said, sometimes it takes 20 minutes. Sometimes it takes a few hours to, to bring the hammerheads in, but the Bimini is shallow water. So the dives usually in about 20 feet of water, which means your tank lasts forever. And they, they're like, look, we will stay out there. You can do multiple dives. We can, we'll stay out there until we either run out of bait or we run out of sunlight, whichever happens first. So it sounds like, and they're like, we encourage people to come up and like eat and then go back in. So there must, that's a long dive. It's all, and they also encourage you to wear a full wetsuit with hoods and a glove because the water temperatures while the hammerheads are in town is usually in the low seventies. And um, so, so staying underwater for that long under those conditions, it you lose your body heat. So it gets chilly, chilly. Yes. That sounds really cool. Sean says he sits vindicated since somebody pointed out that the Bimini is a, here. I was like, I thought he was making a reference to like a bikini and a. I thought it was just an Bimini. Australian thing. Usually, when I don't understand what he, what he's talking about, I'm like, oh, it's just an Australia thing. That's a billabong, Sean. That's an Australian. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Is it our hammerheads as dangerous as bull sharks? No, no, no. Hammerheads don't really bother people. There's very few cases where hammerheads have have caused issues and and honestly bull sharks in clear water are not an, an, a problem either it's bull sharks in murky water when you have problems so and even then you don't usually have problems but i would dive with bull sharks for sure i, I would dive i would dive with bulls tigers hammerheads without a cage or anything definitely like not not even don't even have to think about it White sharks, I don't know if I would dive outside of a cage. I'd have to 
assess the situation, but any other species of shark, I, there's no other species of shark I wouldn't dive with out of a cage. Okay. <laughs> Bull sharks make me a little nervous. I'd need to be in the right yeah. situation. Like if it was like a controlled ish thing. Well, we've seen videos where like Joe Oceanside's di like diving and there's, oh, there's a bull shark. Yeah, I mean, around. that's fine. But then you also see the other stuff. What, on Shark Week? No, not on Shark Week. <laughs> Don't get me started on Shark Week. Just, just in general. <laughs> like, if it was super clear water, that'd be different, like you said. Yeah. Um, but if the water is murky at all, that would make me nervous. The shark you have to worry about is the one that you don't see. Right. So if you see it, you're probably fine. Yeah. Because it sees you and it knows you're not your friends, not food, or at least you're not food anyway. Yeah. Stacy, when you move to Florida, get certified and we will dive together. Absolutely. Yes. The, so a cool thing, the I think it's called the Sapona. So, no, is it Epona? That's from Zelda, right? So I think it's the Sapona. I yeah. looked it up today. But That's a thing. Is that the thing? The SS Sapona? It's so. I think this is, I think we're going to dive on this. It's a good snorkel or dive excursion in Bimini. And the cool thing is it's in like 15 feet of water, which is why it's a good snorkel or dive, but it's a concrete boat. So it's, you know, stuff in the ocean falls apart real fast, but concrete boats don't. And you say, well, why would you even make a concrete boat? That sounds really stupid, right? Well, th this concrete boat was, from the World War One era, when steel was at a premium, or something was going on with steel. I read it today, I forgot. But something was going on where steel was not available. And so they were making boats out of concrete. And this particular boat was um, used in World War One. I, I think towards the end of World War One, And then it was sold to somebody, and then it ran aground, and it was sold for scrap or something. And, that, and that's how, I guess, it eventually ended up in Bimini. So, yeah, how about that? That's the cool thing about shipwrecks. Like, there's there's usually some some interesting history that goes along with, yeah. with the ship. Sometimes not the wreck, because sometimes things are sunk purposely for, like, artificial reefs and stuff. But sometimes there's interesting stories with the wreck, but there's usually history with the ship. A lot of them are older ships that you find. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So maybe we should uh, talk about Coco Cay. Wait a minute. A billabong oh. is like a natural dam or collection of water you could swim at or picnic at. That comes from um, dictionary.au. Isn't that the Australia.au? Oh, yeah. I think, it's, I think it is. Yeah. Or Sean. I, I as know. We call it. Or maybe Alana. It might have been from Alana. I, don't know. I know billabong is a brand. Yeah. That's all I know. Billabong. Is that how you say it? Billabong. 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 I don't know. I've just butchered that. I don't that. know. Let's talk about Coco K. Was it a perfect day at Coco K? It was a pretty good day. It was a good day at Coco K. Yeah. Let's start by saying that the weather was supposed to be terrible when we were at Coco K, and it was not. It was a wonderful weather. It was. It was. It was nice. This has happened to us. What We've been on three cruises in the last three months. Yes, and there's been possible bad weather things yeah imminently bad weather every single one of them was threatened by bad weather this one i actually thought had the worst chance for not being bad weather because it just looked like 
it was going to rain all day and be windy and terrible. And it just wasn't. So there you go. Um, we had really good weather mm-hmm. in Coco Cay. So that helps. It was a little overcast in the morning, but not. It wasn't that not bad. bad. And then the sun came out and yeah, it was, it was beautiful. So this is the first time I've been to Coco Cay since the remodel and your first visit to Coco Cay. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the the biggest improvement to Coco Cay is that there is now a pier that the ship can dock at. No more tender boats. This is Royal Caribbean, so we can call them tender boats still. No more tender boats. You pull right up to the pier and you just get off like most other ports and it's wonderful. Wunderbar. They have fun little shades all along the pier too. Yeah. And then it would also be a a rain, keep you out of the rain. Yeah. It's really nice. Like it's, it's probably the nicest pier I've ever seen. Cause usually it's just a concrete stretch of. Yeah. This one's like all done up. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty sweet. So what, what were your first impressions that you had never been there before? What were your first impressions of Coco Cay? Um, it looked like a, so I saw it, of course, first from the ship and it looked pretty cool. I thought the, the water slide stuff looked cool. It wasn't until after we were actually walking around the water slides that I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in those water slides. No, no, because my thing with water slides is if I'm in a tube, it's fine. Oh, right. But those water slides are like the body ones. And I hate I hate the feeling of like going over each of the the connections. It hurts like my back because like the way that it sections. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Mm. I'm like that slide is way too tall to have that hit me that many times. (laughs) So I'm not interested in it for that reason. But if if I could lay like on a mat or yeah, that's what I meant (laughs) or a tube or something, then I would absolutely be about those slides. Yeah, I kind of have the same thing with water slides. I, I'm not a big fan of the ones where you lay on your back and their tubes or their have the little places where they come together. Yeah, the seams. They hit so the bones. What are those? The bones on your back. Your scapula. I don't know. Your shoulder blades. Those. That's I think, what I think hits. Scapula and it, is. It the, hurts. I don't like it. Name. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I, I always just picture it like ripping moles off my back. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not a pleasant. But if you like that kind of slide, but, it's pretty impressive, right? But other it's than tall. that, the place looked amazing. Yeah. No, and if you're That's into that. That's just my opinion on the slide. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't care about that. Like, I was cool with that when I was like a kid and a teenager. Now I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of the same thing. Yeah. I, I'm not really a big fan. Like, when we go to, when we went to um, uh, Volcano, Volcano Bay. Bay those we did those water slides. We did a couple of them, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't." The other don't ones like were them. better. I like the other ones, yeah. But it it's tall, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. What about the hot air balloon? I would do it. Mm. Okay, well, I would vi- video you from the bottom, from the ground. <laughs> yeah. You know how I said I would dive with any species of shark without a cage, except maybe a great white. Um, I will not go up in a hot air balloon. So. So if I sounded tough, like I'm done with any species of shark, I am not afraid. It's just because I have other fears, like being in a balloon that could so, fall. So here's 
here's my thing on hot air balloons. I know like like Coco K has a hot air balloon and like Disney Springs has that big hot air balloon. If I'm going to go up in a hot air balloon, I want it to be like a real one. Hmm. Like I want one with the little basket that goes up on its own way high. I don't yeah. want one that's got like a big platform connected to something for a bunch of attraction sort of thing. I want to hmm. go in a real hot air Where balloon. Where you actually move from point A to point B and... I don't, I don't necessarily need to move, no. but it needs to be like, I don't want it tethered to the pier. I want to be on a, in a real hot air balloon. Uh, you it know, can just go up and down. That's fine. I think Todd did the balloon because he said the balloon was a blast. So, you know, I, I don't know statistically how safe hot air balloons are. If I had to guess, I would probably guess it's probably statistically very, very, very safe. Um, and, and it's irrational that I would have that fear, but I don't have a, I don't have a desire to do it either. I, I don't enjoy heights. I can do like, I can zip line if I have to, I can do heights if I have to, I'm not that terrified of heights, but I don't, I don't enjoy the thrill of heights. And so if there's not, there's gotta be another, there's got, there's gotta be something that's drawing me to the height, not the height itself. The, the experience of going in the balloon, the view is not going to do it. If you're like, if you go up there, you'll find this weird species of flying gharial, then I would, I would be able to do it. But, um, I, yeah. I'd like to go up in a hunter balloon because I think they look very cool. Yeah. I, Todd says he, yeah. he's afraid of heights and, and he said he felt very safe on it. So, so yeah, if you like that and it doesn't go up super high i don't think but it probably, probably get it probably does give you a really beautiful view like you're your own drone you know mm. like you're a human drone i'm a human drone nah, 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 nah. sorry Hello. it's the cramps okay. okay so anyway uh only it's anyway yeah so yes uh last time i was at coco k not nearly all that stuff was there you know there was there were some chairs and umbrellas. There were a few small structures and stuff, but that was about it, you know? Um, yeah, it's very built up. It's very, everything's like every inch of it that you go to, there's, it's been humanized. Yes, there's definitely Like it looks something... you feel like you're at a theme park. It did kind of felt feel like a theme park. It was like a miniature volcano bay. Super miniature kind of, volcano. Bay. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's more bars. There's more eating venues. We did not really experience all of that. We needed to be there like two days. I yeah. Think, to really experience all of that, um, we did eat at the buffet, which was really good. It was very good, and more than just you know your standard buffet on a on a private island. It had a little it had stations. It more. Yeah. It has it more cool. than that, and they they used to have that as well, but I think they've expanded on that a little bit. And but then I know that they have a famous chicken sandwich, which we did not get. Couldn't, um, couldn't find where to get that from. Yeah, we didn't. The, our focus was not on the food venue. I did want the mozzarella sticks, but I didn't know where to get them from. Yeah, we. I'm sure we could have figured it out if we had done. Oh, Todd says it's 415 feet up. Oh, Todd is full of information for us. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so there's good food. You know, I know there's some cool bars. If you're into bars, if you're into just like laying on the beach, there's some really nice serene areas to do that. Um, one of the things that I really liked is they had a lot of freshwater showers and foot washers and yeah. stuff. They used to have like a little 
box you'd put your feet in and rinse them off before you got back onto the tender boat. Maybe it had running water. I don't know, but um, but yeah. But this is there's a lot more opportunity. It did feel like it felt like like you were at a resort yeah. or something. Like it was nice. It was nice. Um, I didn't see any iguanas. I, I'm sure they're still there, but I used to know where they were, and this time I didn't know where to find them. And we didn't spend tons of time walking around the island, so I didn't see any. They're not native to there, but it's I always like seeing them. You know. So I was reading and I actually don't know what you said. We didn't see <laughs> iguanas. Iguanas. We didn't see any iguanas. But one of the first things that we saw as we were walking oh, over yeah. to the beach. Um, so Matt, Matt had, has his new uh, underwater phone camera case thing. So he had that all in there ready to go. So he was like, oh, give me your phone. We'll film on your phone, which we didn't film very much on this cruise, but. That's beside the point. We got a lot of underwater. Yeah, that's basically but, what yeah. our stuff's going to be. But we did, you know, we got off the ship and we filmed a little bit, but he was holding my phone and we were walking and we just like stepped off the sidewalk and I saw something up in a tree. So, of course, it was a bird. And I said, Matt, phone, phone, phone. And he looked at me and he said, what? And I said, wow. look, give me, give me my phone. And by the time he realized that I was pointing at a banana quit, the bird was gone. Man, do you want me to call the bus so you could throw me under it? So yeah, so and then we we tried to find that banana quit for quite a while, but it it quit flying around by us. It's probably like, man, that she was really mean to him. I'm just gonna no, you know, I'm gonna go find a nicer girl. Whatever. To let her take a picture of me. <laughs> whatever. Well, we saw a lot of other warblers and stuff. Oh wait a minute. Ty okay, Stacy's saying he'd he'd be okay with it tied down. Todd's saying it can go to 450 feet depending on conditions. And he said the only thing was if you moved, everyone had to move to keep it balanced. See that? That right there makes me nervous. That's that's why you have to go up in one of the little ones. So it's only like two or three people that can fit in it and it's different how many people fit in the one in coco Cay? well i don't actually know what that one looks it like, like but it was a two or three but if person, it's anything like the one at disney that's like Tidal a Tidal. giant flipping platform and it's just oh i don't think it's the size of no I don't, it's different I don't than I don't, the one at disney springs I don't, I don't really know that it might not be so that says made him a little nervous but he has a rule I cannot tell my children to face their fears if I, if I don't face mine. That that's valid. That's valid. That's why I don't have kids, Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. See, that's not. That's like a. It's, it's like small, hollow right? in the middle, but you've got people walking all around. So if anybody mm. moves from the side, that's not what I want to do. I want to do like the little basket, like Wizard of Oz. You know, I'll be clicking my heels saying, "There's no place like home." Uh, anyway, uh, so. The reason that I wanted to go back to Coco Cay, the reason that I love Coco Cay is the snorkeling. And so if you've never been to Coco Cay, but you are going and you want to snorkel, you kind of go to the left when you get off the ship. And it's that sort of the first beach that you can get to. Um, you'll see it's marked. There's like a there's like a dive shack and a snorkels shack and stuff that you can. It's chill Beach. Chill Beach. Yes. Thank you. Chill Beach. And you can snorkel there. So in the past... Um, you could go out from chill beach and there's like a little rocky area that you go, that kind of is like makes for a real sheltered beachy shallow port point. And then you go past that and then it's like seagrass beds 
and then you get out to the end of the swim area where there is a an old wrecked plane and there's a concrete replica of supposed to be the Queen Anne's Revenge ship and stuff like that. And they've got lifeguards on platforms. Well, they changed that. And for some reason, they moved it in. So the plane is no longer accessible. You can't go past the lifeguard. And the lifeguard is closer than the plane now by about 20 feet. And they put up a wall to the left, which to the left of the seagrass, all the way out to the lifeguard. And there's a big rock barrier that separates you from like the ship and stuff. But there are big rocks underwater that is where I like to spend most of my time because that's where all the cool stuff, that's where the cool kids hung out, right? So they've roped that off. You can't go there anymore. So I, needless to say, um, I was a little upset at Coco Cay when we got there because I was like, great. I'm glad you made Coco Cay great for everybody else, but you ruined it for me. Uh, I was not happy at all. I was very angry. So they what they did do is they extended the snorkel area further down the beach. Now, um, this placated me a little bit because there are big rocks. And this is good if you're a less experienced snorkeler, a kid, something like that, um, because you can go right by shore. You'll see a lot of animals. They, there won't be the same amount of diversity and they'll be on the smaller side, but you'll see a lot of animals and you can get to them right by the beach and you can literally just swim a few feet and stand up if you need to. So that was okay. That was all right. But I still wanted to go over by the rocks and stuff. The other thing that I have to, to rant about a little bit here, and this has happened to me before at Coco Cay, is I'm a rule follower typically. And so I get there, I'm, we're the first people at Chill Beach pretty much that are getting ready to go in the water. And I go over to the snorkel shack just out of courtesy. And because uh, I, I see they've got the- well, They've got a sign up. Did they have a sign? They, there was a sign. It says, you must wear a snorkel vest. And I'm like, oh, snorkel vest, bane of my existence. I get it. It's for safety. I don't understand how it's for safety. It doesn't, doesn't work as a safety device to me, but whatever. It's, it's the rules. Fine. I'll follow it. They don't charge you for a snorkel vest. You know, if you're going to rent fins and a mask, you have to rent those. But if you want a snorkel vest, they'll just let you use one. So we get our snorkel vests and, you know, they pull the strap and it makes you feel really uncomfortable, especially if you're a dude. And then um, if you can't get all the air out of it, every little teeny tiny bit of air out of it, then you're also like a cork. So you can't go underwater and it's just, it's uncomfortable, but here's what, here's what my real rant is. Like I get it. It's probably insurance, something stupid like that. But my problem is every time I've been to Coco Cay, I get the snorkel vest and then about halfway through the day, I'm out snorkeling and I see all these people who are usually younger or less capable swimmers let me just say that and they're not wearing snorkel vests and nobody says anything to them and that happened on this trip too i don't know why i keep going and getting the stupid snorkel vest but i'm just like no they say you have to wear a snorkel vest anyway that was my rant so so i was not having a perfect day at coco k now uh something happened that helped that a lot and this is, I'm not sure if I forgive Coco K for this, because this is just something that happened to happen to us. 
happened to happen to happen to us. But it definitely turned my frown upside down. And I'm going to show you. Oh, you're jumping right in. Yeah, I'm going to okay. show you what it is, uh, what what we experienced. And I'm just going to. Now they can hear you. Now, now you can hear me. So this shark, which was probably a four or five foot Lennon shark, came swimming by. And this was in the shallow spot. This was like right by the beach, um, right against, we were right up against those big rocks I was talking about. And boom, here comes, here comes the shark. And I look over and I see, because it's a little bit murkier because you're closer to where people are kicking up the sand and stuff not bad you can see it's pretty pretty good visibility but um i look over and i'm like is that like a big tarpon or something i'm like no that's a shark so i followed it for a while and then unfortunately kimbra got to see it as well did you just say unfortunately oh he said fortunately <laughs> he said unfortunately why would i say unfortunately i don't know there, there's some of those big rocks right there so this is like right by the beach on the other side of those rocks is beach literally this, this beach. was actually we had stopped um, <laughs> did you see that did you see it now um, here then the shark came back and the shark came back the very same day the shark came back kimber saw it first this time and and then it was swimming the other direction probably the same shark it swam right under me i was looking at fish it is a fish right well i was looking at small fish so i followed it again and for quite a distance it was swimming it at was, a pretty good speed but it wasn't like trying to i don't think it was like it was just moving. It was just cruising. It wasn't like taking off, like scared or anything. It was just cruising along. Yeah. But then it went into the area that's like cabana. You have to pay yeah, extra uh, right where the seagrass is. There's ropes a little bit into the seagrass. And so I, I, I stopped following it, let it go. But, you know, I've this is the first time I've ever seen a lemon shark. It was really cool. I think lemon sharks are extremely cool sharks. And so I was super stoked to see the shark twice. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, the first, when we first saw it, it was right after I had taken, I had to switch out my camera battery because the GoPros die fast. So I took the, the that up and switched it out and dropped our snorkel vest off and came back and I was looking at a stingray and then suddenly I see Matt like zooming past me. Yeah, I was like... I was like, I'm swimming next to the shark. So it was, it was really cool. And uh, I don't know, based on some other videos I've seen recently of Coco Cay, there apparently there are a lot of lemon sharks in I that like, area. Stacy said they have a name for him, but forgets what it is. For that particular shark? I don't know. I don't know if he was talking about that or not. But, um, but yeah, so, so that was cool. Now the other kind of cool thing that happened to us at Coco Cay is we were out swimming and they, they have the lifeguards on platforms and um, you know, so, so they are watching you and making sure that, that you're safe and everything. And we were out by the one lifeguard and we were the only ones out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, he got our attention and he just started talking to us and he started talking to us about dolphins and he was yeah. very knowledgeable about dolphins like scientific he, name. Yeah. He spit out their scientific name. And I was like, Oh, you've got my attention now. Like uh, he was, he was like, Oh, Hey, let me tell you this fact about dolphins. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
And then he was like, eh, and let me tell you this fact about dolphins. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then he was like, did you know that Terciops truncatus? And I'm like, now you've got my attention. So he proceeded to tell us about dolphins for a long time. Now, it was cool. At the same time, I was wearing my weight belt and treading water. So uh, I was kind of like, okay, okay. It was a little long. Thank you. <laughs> It's probably how people feel when they meet me. Like, will you shut up and let me get on with my life? I don't want to learn this much stuff. But uh, but no, it was it was very cool. And I really appreciated that, um, that he had that knowledge. I, I asked him if he was like studying cetaceans or something. And I think he was he was interested in animal behavior. Yeah. And he was interested in, in other species there, too. But it, yeah, it was it was really cool. Stacy says they, they, he hangs out around the cabanas. Yeah, I saw some footage in the seagrass, and there were a bunch of, of uh, lemon sharks oh, yeah. swimming around. So I know that lemon sharks are, are pretty common in parts of the Bahamas, like Bimini. It's one of the lemon sharks are actually, well, I don't know if great whites have surpassed that because of all the popularity, but probably not. Probably actual real science. Lemon sharks are the most studied shark in the world. And a lot of that has to do with a very, very important research station on Bimini that studies lemon sharks. And Bimini is uh, the mangrove swamps of Bimini is is their their pupping ground. So puppy sharks. Do 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 do. Really? Yep. Anyway, uh, that did change my impression of Coco Cave, at least for the day. I'm still a little upset. I asked them why. Why can't we go to the plane? And I and I got what I would say is a BS answer. The guy was like, "Oh, it's it's too far." And I'm like, "Dude, I've been here before. I know where the plane is. Like, it's literally like 20 feet behind you. Like, it's not that far. It's not that far. And why can't I go over by the rocks?" And it, so I don't know. I was annoyed. We saw the scuba divers. They went over in that area and passed through the yeah. through the big rocks. And um, I know that, you know, scuba diving there looks kind of cool, but if you can go on those rocks, you can see all that stuff for free. <laughs> so that, that was my thing, but now you can't go on the rock. So it's kind of, kind of a bummer to be honest, but still we had a really good experience snorkeling, saw a lot of cool stuff. You know, we, we did the cruise creature last week with the furry, uh, sea cucumber, which we saw a bunch of those. Those are really cool. Uh, we saw a lot of different marine fish, you know, a lot of stingrays, lots of stingrays. So it was, it was good. It was really good. The, the guy uh, on the platform, the dolphin, dolphin man, he was telling us that they see green sea turtles there fairly regularly, not all the time, but it was like, yeah, I saw one last week. It was hanging out and stuff. So so, that yeah. was the only like big cool creature I was hoping to see that we didn't see. Was it a sea turtle? Yeah, because we saw the shark and we saw the stingrays. I wanted to see you can find turtles. another toy that's less loud. How about this? Is now the ASMR podcast. Let us tell you about um Coco K. Go find oh. a toy that is not so loud. There's your penguin right there. There you go. He's not interested in that. You know what's loud. funny? He's he's grabbed the penguin 
and the Christmas shark, I think he knows that it's winter time. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Maybe we should get him different seasonal. Those of you listening, we are talking about a dog. <laughs> um, see if he, if he picks out the different different seasonal toys as as are appropriate at seasonal times. We could, we could try it. That so. means he gets new toys. <laughs> no, not unless we get rid of some of the other no, ones. Reno has more toys. toys than I do, and that ain't right. I don't think that's true at oh, all. It's true. Matthew. It's true. Reno has more toys than you have dice sets. That's a problem. Right? But I just want you to know this, both whole, sides of that. this whole room is... <laughs> what? What'd you say? I said both sides of that is a problem. What? You have too many dice sets. No, I don't. <laughs> what I was saying is this whole room is full of your toys. My toys? Really? That... <laughs> There's an entire wall of Harry Potter pops behind Those me. Those are collectibles. Okay. Don't get me started. <laughs> anyway, uh, Coco Cay is still a cool place. And I think for most cruisers, Coco Cay has been upgraded. And that's it. That's all they're going to think is that it's been upgraded. They won't have the rants that I have about the snorkeling for most cruisers. I think most cruisers are going to see everything that they did as an improvement and most of it definitely is an improvement. Um, it's it's a really cool island, and it's really nice that you don't have to take the tenders and stuff there. So, so yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Do you want to do um, the creature? Let's get into the creature. Now, we weren't in Nassau. No, we were supposed to be. Was I crunch some ice? Um, we were not in Nassau, but we were, yeah, we were supposed to go to Nassau. We did not. We did not. But we did see a Nassau grouper. And the Nassau grouper is probably my favorite grouper. You didn't is know it? that, did you? No. I love Nassau groupers. I don't know why. They're just cool. I just think they're really cool looking. Like, I, don't, I don't think I have a favorite grouper. I mean, you, you're you not a, a groupie, grouper groupie? <laughs> Maybe I, I am just a grouper groupie I, and I, I like I've, all groupers equally. I mean, when you see, when you see like a, a five, six foot, um, several hundred pound Goliath grouper. That's what I'm you're waiting gonna, for. You're going to be impressed. I, I am like desperate <laughs> to dive or be in the water with a Goliath grouper. Well, all we have to do is dive in the Gulf right by us and we'll see Goliath groupers. I, I, every yeah. time I've dove out there, I've seen huge Goliath groupers, which are impressive and very cool. Uh, tiger groupers also very cool. I always feel like they don't belong in the Caribbean, but they are native to the Caribbean, but they're very interesting. I think just because they named tiger. I'm like we don't, we do have tiger sharks. I don't I mean, know. I like Graysbees. Graysbees are cool, but they're, they're like the little groupers. They're, they they're, are, not, but they're, they're pretty. They're pretty, but they're like red hinds. They're they're just not. I don't think of them as groupers. Yeah. I know they technically they're a grouper, but they're not a grouper. The black grouper, grouper I can always identify black the black are, grouper. So I do like that one. Are a very close second for me. I do like black groupers a lot, and they're they're bigger than the Nassau grouper typically. At least the ones I see tend to be bigger, and they are very beautiful grouper as well. Very cool grouper. Gag grouper, you know, not that impressive. They're just kind of pale. Yeah. Just, you know. Gag, a little gaggy. little gaggy. 
Um, those are the groupers that I see most commonly. I'm trying to think if I see other grouper species very often. I've named, I think, all that I know. Black grouper and Nassau grouper are the ones I usually see in the Caribbean. Uh, and then graze bees and mm -hmm. rock hinds and red hinds and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, the big groupers I see are black groupers, occasionally tiger groupers and Nassau groupers, but Nassau groupers, I just really like them. I'm going to put a picture up that we took from Coco K. So if you're listening, I'll try and describe it to you. This was actually a small Nassau grouper. This one was probably what, maybe a foot and a half, two feet long. Maybe yeah. a foot, something like that. Yeah, something like that. The the thing is, as they get bigger, they still kind of have this pattern, but as all groupers, they can change their their color and fade it out or make it more distinct. They go from this pale color to a dark kind of tan and brown. But the thing about groupers that helps you to ID them and tell them apart is they usually have something on them that they just cannot change. And for the for the uh, Nassau grouper. It is that black patch that is right in front of their tail, which maybe this is why I like them so much because that little muscle area right in front of their tail that they use to, to swish their tail back and forth is called the peduncle. And so it's like I saw Dan's here from Unc D. I'm like pedunc peduncle D. Should I call it? Start calling peduncle. But see, if you say peduncle, it also sounds a little creepy, though. I think like peduncle. I'm like peduncle. I don't, I don't know. So we won't call you that, Dan. But the peduncle <laughs> is a really cool name, I think, for the this part of 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 the fish. And they have that black marking there that, and that doesn't change. They cannot make that fade. They can't make it do anything. It's just that's just the way it it looks. And so if you see a grouper and it's got that then it's a, it's a Nassau grouper. And, um, and that's, and that's that. Now Nassau groupers do get pretty big. They can be like, I think 55 pounds, uh, four feet long, which sounds big, but compared to a Goliath grouper, they're not that big, but you know, they're, they're a decent sized fish. They're one of the larger fish you're likely to encounter in the Caribbean. Um, they are, however, critically endangered which is unfortunate, uh, critically endangered due to overfishing and reef loss and, st and stuff like that, that has happened. And, um, and, and here's the thing about, about these guys. So um, grouper like the Nassau grouper, they have spawning areas. So groupers are into grouper sex. Yeah. And we're talking, we're not talking like a few, we're talking like thousands of groupers gather in in spots and they and they just have mass spawning things so yeah and the problem is people that fish have learned where these are and so it's really easy to wipe out huge portions and populations of grouper like nassau grouper by just going there and catching lots and lots of fish now that's the bad news the good news is that since the Nassau grouper has become recognized as critically endangered. A lot of places like the Cayman Islands and Florida have protected them and they've put up fishing regulations and restrictions. And this is an example of uh, conservation that is successful. So it, and what I do, you know, on the podcast and, and professionally, I have to talk a lot about conservation. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like 
talking about conservation. I didn't choose the career path I'm in to talk about recycling. Like I hate talking about that garbage. I don't like talking about plastic straws and, and red tide and global warming. I hate talking about that stuff. I'd much rather tell you about all the fascinating and incredibly awesome things of our natural world. But unfortunately, I have to talk about these things because I don't want the cool stuff to disappear. And so it can get really depressing. But this is an example where uh, human activity has actually started to improve things. So when you do make changes like to fishing practices and stuff like that, species can bounce back. In the case of the Goliath grouper, their largest spawning area is actually in Little Cayman Island now. And this is, I'm, I'm pulling up this article so I get the, the numbers right here. But um, basically, um, not that long ago, this spawning ground had been reduced to like in 2009. So we're talking 2009, a little over 10 years ago, uh, about 1,200 fish in this spawning ground of, of Nassau grouper. Since then, we put these restrictions and stuff in place, or the Cayman Islands did. And in 2018, they counted 7,000 Nassau grouper in this spawning ground. And that's because of these, mostly because of these different restrictions and just public education and stuff like that about the grouper. So it's, it's cool. I like it when I can share like um, conservation success stories so that it's not all doom and gloom, but the Nassau grouper is a really, really cool fish. Right, Reno? He smells my, my bourbon breath. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything you want to add about the Nassau grouper? Um, it's Nassau. Is that the first one you ever saw was in Coco Cay? Um, no, I think we've probably seen them somewhere else. I don't know. I, you know, I don't remember seeing them no? recently. It used to be one. I see them in the Bahamas. So they're all throughout the Caribbean, but they're not as common. Like you don't see them in the Southern Caribbean. Did we see any? In they're the in Keys? Belize. Um, I don't think we saw any in the Keys. Then that might be my first one. That's what I was thinking. I, I see them. I know, Turk. I know I've seen black groupers before and we saw the black grouper that, well, I saw, I don't know if you saw black grouper. We've seen black grouper. We saw black grouper in Aruba. No, I know. This, the one maybe. in Coco Cay. I saw oh. that one as we were swimming out. Yeah. I got video and photos two of, of them. Yeah. I no, got, the ones that I saw. Oh, I don't know. You didn't see those. Okay. I saw some though. I saw black grouper there. Okay. Cause I was looking through my pictures and stuff. So, um, and and I have a picture actually of I forgot to put that up. If you're if you are watching, you can see this is a spawning ground in Little Cayman, and you can see all these fish. These are all Nassau grouper, and you can also see a different like a, a color morph, which is basically them just changing their colors because you know you got to attract the ladies, so you change your colors and stuff. You don't ever change your colors for me. I'm not that talented. Sorry, just not that good. You didn't pull the picture off. I didn't. It's fine. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Do you have anything else? I think that's it. That's it? I think that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, on that note, it's time to head for Scarlet Lady. <laughs> and until next time, seize the day. 
Have a fantastic week, everybody. Okay, we're back. We're back in the room. We are back in the room. <laughs> back in the room. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah Sorry we... if I got a little preachy about the uh, Nassau grouper there. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm like. There it is. I like teaching people about animals. I don't like teaching them about how to recycle. But anyway. Okay. Cool. Todd, I got your email. <laughs> so, um, any any fun stuff for after the credits here? Um, I need to get some more Buffalo Trace. You had an opportunity to get that on uh, Freedom. Yeah, I still have three quarters of a bottle. Oh, then you don't really need to get that. I just need to put out the word J J J JT and say, JT, next time you see it, buy me like two or three bottles. That'll last me a lot longer than him. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in our lives? What do we have going on? I mean, we talked about it before this. So um, we're going to the reptile thing tomorrow. Repticon. The, the, we're not going to buy pets. We're going to buy food for our pets. Yes. That's the plan. We'll see if that. We don't have space for another live animal. No. If we really needed to, we could figure out how to make it sell, work. Sell the dog or something. <laughs> The dog doesn't take up any space. It takes up all kinds of space. You kidding me? Not reptile but space. Luna could be everywhere in the house if it wasn't for the dog. Luna doesn't even come out and see us. <laughs> Half the time, I don't even know that we have a lizard. <laughs> she was much more active when she was little. <laughs> what is Dan saying? You know what they say in South Florida? Go on vacation there and find the keys to your trip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I know what I can talk about. I had like, I had an experience and a half today. I, I took some kids to a, a natural area to do water samples. And they were an energetic group of children. I'm just going to say that. But walking back on this trail and it was like overcast. And I got like, I got swarmed by mosquitoes. Like I got covered in mosquitoes so i'm back there with all these kids with mosquitoes in this mangrove trail we're supposed to test water so i'm like you know what we're not going to do that so we brought the water with us we left the trail and then we tested the water but but before that happened because i was in the front so when you were walking it wasn't too bad but when you stopped for a while i was stopped waiting for them to catch up and i just got like it was bad I'm not itchy right now, but I bet tomorrow I'm going to be like a, an itchy mess. Welcome to my life. <laughs> Everywhere we go, we're walking around and like I like start smacking my legs and itching my arms. And he's like, what's going on? And well, I'm they, like, really? They were feeding off me. I killed several of them when and they were full of my blood. So 
Yeah. I helped to, um, I'm sure I helped to bring on more mosquitoes into the world today. The ones that, that didn't, that escaped my smack. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Dan says, think about coming out to Seattle for a cruise. Maybe I'll show you guys around. Hey, that'd be cool, Dan. Uh, you know, I eventually hey, hey, we'll Matt, do that. I need, I need us to pause. Okay. So oh. I can figure out how to edit. <laughs> so I think that's probably long that's enough. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So the problem is Matt likes to talk and then I get to edit. And when we talk after the podcast for like another 20 minutes, I have to figure out where in that 20 minutes we're ending the audio <laughs> part. And it's really hard because Matt says something. And then he talks for another like 10 minutes and I'm like, what I do. I need you to pause long enough that I can find the pause. And Stacy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt won't admit it, but I'm pretty sure he likes Reno. He makes a heck of an armrest. That's what you always say. Yeah, because the dog like, okay, so, you know, this is kind of interesting. We sit on the couch like most Americans and watch TV way too uh, too much, but we have our sides, and it's the opposite need... of, of this. This is bed, though. This is our bed situation, but our couch situation, I'm on that side. You're on this side. Yeah. Reno lays next to me. He's glued to my hip. He doesn't just lay next to me. He physically bonds to my body, and then... He just becomes a natural armrest. Like when he's not there, I'm like, where's my armrest on the side? I have one on the right, but not on the left. So I just I just lean on on him like a little furry armrest. Works out really well. He seems to enjoy it. Poor dog. Poor dog. You just use him for your arms. He uses me for my we do need to. We we've talked about it before. We need to like switch seats and see if it's you or oh it's me it's all me whatever <laughs> all right well you know what it is 1002 uh maybe we'll go check out the down under cruises i'm like really tired thank you kenneth says great show as always thank oh, you todd thank you um we're gonna go yeah we're gonna hang out over there for a little bit and uh then yeah call it a night oh what? I had the wrong banner going. I forgot to switch it. <laughs> That's fine. I'm sure nobody actually reads the banner. So but if you times. do, yeah. sorry, that was the wrong banner. <laughs> Half the time I forget to do the banner. So you can't be perfect all the time. No, no, that's true. Being perfect is an imperfection. That's what I used to say when I was a teenager. So here's a story about perfect so one of our coworkers was walking around yesterday giving everybody stickers. Did she give you a sticker? I did get a sticker, yes. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a big sheet of stickers. I don't know what all was on the sticker, but I'm assuming it was all like bugs. Mm, no. No, they weren't no. the shiny ones? They weren't all bugs. Insects? Is that? No. Nope. Is, is, no? I got a frog. Oh. Yeah. She told me what she did to you. Oh, she told you? Yeah. So she comes over. And she's like, 
grabbing these little stickers and putting them on like the corner of everyone's computer. And she comes over to me and puts one on the corner of my computer and it says perfect, which is lovely because that's what I always say I am. However, of all of the things on this giant sheet of stickers, she picked the one with a spider on it. I'm like, this is lovely, but you know I'm like terrified of spiders. And she was like, oh. So she took it away and then found another one that said perfect. See, uh, the person that sits behind me, Jen, she had sticker envy because she got a sticker. She was like, look, I got a sticker. It says good and it's got a smiley face on it. I'm like, hmm. Mine says great, and it has a frog on it. She's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's call. Let's cash in our chips and call it a night. All right, a night. 